to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hey, hey, I am so excited you're here for today's episode where we are chatting all about how alcohol affects your hormones. So I absolutely love this topic because I don't think it's really talked about a lot. Um, of course, we know that excess alcohol doesn't is unhealthy for us overall, but we really don't know too much, or at least I haven't seen a lot of publicity or anything around how it actually affects our hormones, nor is it something that our doctors talk to us about if we do have a hormonal imbalance. It's not something that they tell us to caution or tell us how it even affects it. So that's why I'm super excited to talk about it today. So here's what we're going to be diving into. Number one, I'm going to talk to you about how it affects your period and specifically how it affects women with PCOS differently than people who do not have PCOS. Number two, the best options for alcohol, because I'm not going to give you all this information and then not actually tell you which ones are better options, because obviously none of us are just going to never drink again. Um, and then number three, what you can actually do to minimize the effects after you do drink. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Before we get started, I just need to set the stage here for you and tell you that I'm currently in my whole closet recording this because my boyfriend Chris is home and the background noise with this mic is insane. So I am just, you know, getting it done in the closet. So this one will be short as usual because it's also super hot in here and I can't put a fan or anything on because the microphone will pick up the noise. But just so you know uh, exactly where I am, well, maybe you're on a walk or you're driving or you're taking a shower, you're putting your makeup on, I'm in a whole closet. So here we go. Let's dive in. All right. Again, before I get started, everybody is different. So alcohol is going to affect people differently. And the way that it affects your hormones is going to depend on your hormonal status, your genetics, your liver efficiency, your sugar consumption, etc. So some people are going to notice more abnormalities with their hormones after having even a minimal amount of alcohol, whereas others might have a higher threshold for it. So it's totally individualized. So I just want to state that first, that this isn't like a blanket statement. This this is just based on research and a generalization of hormones and alcohol. So just that little caveat to start with. All right. So of course we know that alcohol affects your liver and how our liver affects or how that affects our hormones is that our liver processes our excess hormones out of our body. So when we are drinking alcohol, of course, our liver, our liver is going to be busy processing out the toxins of the alcohol because it's more life-threatening. So it's not going to get to those excess hormones. And most of the time, there is excess estrogen. So a really big um, or really common hormone imbalance is excess estrogen, especially if you do have PCOS, but even if you don't. And some symptoms of that, just in case you're like, um, I don't really know what excess estrogen is, here are some symptoms of it. 
irregular or heavy periods, water retention, breast swelling and tenderness, headaches, migraines, fibrocystic breast changes, weight gain, mood swings, hair loss, painful periods, and generally if you have a ton of PMS symptoms, that's due to excess estrogen. So if you do have excess estrogen, it's really important for you to know that when you do consume alcohol, it does increase your estrogen. So the more alcohol you have, the more irregularities you're going to have because it is increasing your estrogen, which is going to bring on more of those symptoms that I just talked about. And then also it's going to create more of a distance between the estrogen and progesterone production. So for example, even moderate, I mean, again, moderate is so, you know, that could be mean so many different things, but even moderate alcohol consumption has been linked to higher levels of estrogen and lower levels of progesterone and also increased levels of testosterone and luteinizing hormone, LH, after just one alcoholic drink after just one alcoholic drink, which is wild. So if you are someone who does have PCOS or you do struggle with significant symptoms of estrogen dominance, like the heavy periods, all the symptoms I just listed, it's really important for you to note that heavy drinking um, or just drinking in general, even that one drink will continue to increase that estrogen. So if you're in a place where you really want to balance out your hormones, I highly suggest avoiding it as much as possible if you don't want to experience these symptoms anymore because it's just going to make it worse. So that's how it is Um, That's how it affects the estrogen portion of it. So, and leading into that is PMS. Because like I said, when you have excess estrogen, that normally means you're going to have more severe PMS symptoms. So drinking can actually make you 45% more likely to experience PMS symptoms. And then if you are having more than one drink a day, like that, the 45% is if you're just having one drink a day. If you're having more than one drink a day, that is goes up to 79% of an increased risk for PMS symptoms, which is wild. And the reason for that, again, is because of the effect alcohol has on increasing estrogen. And by the way, I'm going to put all the, in the show notes, all the research and all the links to this research. This isn't just stuff I'm pulling out of my butt. So I'll put it all in the show notes in case you're interested in reading more about it. So that's how it affects your PMS, and that's where the um, excess estrogen comes in. And of course, if you are someone who does have an irregular period and you are drinking consistently or frequently, it is something you might want to consider at least avoiding for maybe at least a month, preferably three, and then add it back in and see how you do and see if those three months without it helps regulate your period out. Because if it is something like for me, I, again, if you've heard my first episode of my podcast, you know that I had an irregular period for years and years and years. And um, then I lost it for two full years. And I drank heavily in college. Let's just be honest about it. Um, But now I'm really not a drinker. I really just was in college and then in my early 20s. Um, So now it's something that I'll, I'll do just randomly, more so if it's a celebration, if I'm at a wedding, if I'm at on vacation. Um, But it's just something I kind of avoided mostly because of I guess how much I drank in college, I really wasn't interested in it anymore. And once I started learning about my health and my hormones and I was having such a hard time with my PCOS and with getting my period back that I was like, okay, this isn't worth it if this is going to hinder me even further, which if you do have PCOS, hold tight because I have more information specifically for you on how it does affect, how alcohol does affect you in a different way than it does with anybody else. Um, Okay, so back to how it affects you if you do experience PMS symptoms. 
Here are some examples. I'm going to give you six reasons of how alcohol makes PMS worse, aside from just increasing that estrogen. So it causes more dehydration, of course, and that will lead to more bloating and cramping. Um, It depletes us of magnesium, and when you have low levels of magnesium, that makes cramping worse as well. So that's not something we want, and it also increases your PMS. Number three, like we said, it caused, like I said, we. Is anybody else in this closet? I don't think so. (laughs) Number three, it also causes fluctuation in your hormone levels. Number four, it keeps your liver busy, which I talked about, and it can affect your gut microbiome, which your gut and your hormones are so tightly connected that if your gut is affected, if your microbiome is imbalanced, you're going to be less able to properly process hormones, especially during your period. And then also, it causes blood sugar levels to rise. So another common hormonal imbalance is blood sugar dysregulation or insulin resistance. So when you are drinking, even in moderation, it does cause your blood sugar levels Levels to rise. So in the second half of our menstrual cycle, meaning like after you ovulate, if you do ovulate and you do have a regular cycle, most people are more insulin resistant after that ovulation time in the second half of your cycle. So adding alcohol to the equation, especially during that time of your cycle, will make it worse. So if your, your estrogen levels peak just before ovulation and also a week before your period starts. So those would be the ideal times to avoid drinking. So I'm going to say that again. The ideal times to avoid drinking, again, this is if you know when your cycle is, if you kind of have a regular cycle, your estrogen levels peak just before ovulation and a week before your period starts. So just before ovulation and a week before your period starts are the most ideal times to avoid drinking. That is really important to note um, because, you know, if we can, if you are going to drink and you can kind of make it where you are doing it when it's not as harmful, it could be really beneficial to minimize the negative effects of it. And so let's talk about the amount that has the biggest effect. Because like I said, moderate can mean many different things. Excessive can mean many different things. So what in the research, it shows that four or more drinks in two hours at least five times a month has the biggest effect on your hormones. It's like the ideal in general amount um, that's best for you to, um, you know, to follow if you are, again, someone who obviously are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're someone who's interested in improving your health, improving your hormones. You want to learn this stuff because again, our doctors don't tell us this stuff. Instead, they just say, oh, you have hormonal imbalance. You have PCOS. Here's a birth control pill. Instead of them telling you, okay, Diet and lifestyle are the most important things for your hormones. So here's what you could do. And also, you could limit alcohol because X, Y, and Z. So that's why I'm here telling you this. So you could make, I'm not here telling you, don't ever drink again. I just want to give you the information so you are educated on it and so you can make the best decision for you and for your specific imbalance and your specific lifestyle. So, okay, we chatted about that. And then now I'm going, I want to talk about how, um, I'm going to read a quote because it's a little sciency, and I don't want to get the quote wrong. Um, this is from one of my favorite books, The Period Repair Manual by Dr. L- Dr. Lara Bryden, and this is how it actually affects our brain and the HPA axis, which is like our stress response system. So here's what she says in her book. 
long-term consumption of alcohol shrinks the brain, including the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that regulates the HPA axis or stress response system. This can result in a dysregulation of your stress response or HPA axis, which is really important, especially for your hormones. So she also goes on to say that alcohol impairs the healthy clearance of estrogen, which we talked about, but... Here's a little bit more details on it. Alcohol also causes insulin resistance. It damages gut bacteria. It prevents nutrient absorption, which nutrient deficiencies are a huge cause of infertility, hormonal imbalances, all of that. It impairs detoxification, meaning we're not able to detox our hormones and any other negative toxins that are in our body through our liver because it's so focused on the alcohol. And here's an important part. It depletes an important anti-inflammatory molecule called glutathione. So glutathione is a powerful antioxidant, and it's also an immune regulator. And every cell in your body, literally every single cell in your body makes glutathione, and every single cell needs glutathione. So the fact that alcohol depletes it is really detrimental to our health and our hormones. So that's really important to note. Okay, I know this is like, uh, this is really shitty information, but I just want you to know this information because it's really important. If you are trying to heal your hormones, which you are because you're here, I want you to know the effects of alcohol because maybe you are just mindlessly doing it. A lot of times when we are drinking or have a negative pattern, it's something, it's not even because we want to feel drunk or we want to get tipsy, whatever it is. Sometimes it is if you're out at a party or if you're celebrating, whatever. But if you're just like at home and you're unwinding from a uh, day after work, a lot of times we just do it because it's a habit. So if you know this information now and you are trying to increase your fertility or manage your PCOS or regulate your period, knowing this information could make you think twice about reaching for that glass of wine after a long day if it's just a habit. And you're like, oh, wait, that's a habit. Maybe let me replace that with a tea or coconut water or whatever it is. And then be more mindful about when you do choose to drink because it's a choice, of course. And like I said, I'm not telling you to not drink ever again. I just want you to be more mindful about it because having this information can help you be more mindful about it. Now I want to get into how it specifically affects people with PCOS. And people with PCOS have double the risk of getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease compared to people without PCOS, which is wild. So most people with PCOS struggle with weight gain, or a lot of people think that you have to be overweight to have PCOS, which is so not true. A lot of people have, uh, there's something called lean PCOS, which I fall in that category. But even lean PCOS people can develop fatty liver disease. And fatty liver disease could lead to liver transplants, liver failure, liver cancer, obviously at the absolute worst case scenario. But it is still something that's important to note. And even a small amount of alcohol consumption, like literally even one drink per week, is associated with a dramatic increase in fatty liver disease. So that is really important if you do have PCOS. It's so important that you know that. Again, your doctor should be telling you these things, but of course they're not. Well, maybe they are if they are. If they are then you have an amazing provider, but I have not experienced that. So if you do have PCOS, it is even more important for you to be mindful about your alcohol consumption because PCOS livers just don't process alcohol as well as the livers of non-PCOS women. It's just, unfortunately, is what it is. Our livers just 
do not process it as well as other livers do. And aside from that, one of the major, um, one of the main symptoms of PCOS and one that I experience is hyperandrogenism, which means high male testosterone, which leads to excess facial hair, excess body hair, acne, hair loss, and alcohol increases hyperandrogenism. So, and it also could increase your risk for many types of cancer, but again, we're just sticking more so to the hormone side of things. So if you do have PCOS, really think about um, making it a more conscious choice of when you are drinking because it does affect you, unfortunately, I'm included in that, more so than it does someone who does not have PCOS. So, and that study was from the book called PCOS SOS, um, which is a really awesome book. If you do have PCOS, highly recommend. And again, all this will be in the show notes. So if you're driving or if you're walking or whatever you're doing, you're cleaning, don't worry. You don't have to jot it down. Just go check the show notes out and I'll have links there for you. All right. So with all that being said, now let's talk about how to reduce the negative effects of alcohol. One more thing about it that's really important because sleep is such a huge part of wellness and I really just can't have this go untalked about. So alcohol also really affects your circadian rhythms and your circadian rhythms is our sleep and wake cycle. And this is so important for your overall health but especially for your hormones. If you are not sleeping properly, meaning you're not going to sleep by 11 p.m. the latest and sleeping for at least seven hours, like consistently not up every hour, your circadian, your hormones are not going to be balanced. It's going to add to weight gain. It's going to add to your hormonal imbalances. It makes you more insulin resistant. Sleep is so important for your hormones and alcohol really disrupts that circadian rhythm. So have you ever noticed, like I always noticed this, even in college when I was drinking heavily, I never got a good night's sleep. Like initially, yeah, you would pass out whatever, depending on how much you drank. But even if you just had a glass or two, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would wake up earlier. I just didn't feel rested because it messes up your sleep. So that's another thing to really make note of. And next time you do drink, notice it. See like, oh my God, it's so true. Like I really didn't sleep well. Just take note of these things. What I really want is for you to take this information and to just start being mindful of how these things affect your body. We don't notice really how things affect our body until we take them out for a significant period of time. So if you're like, okay, I really want to do this experiment, really trying to work on my hormones, I'm, I'm serious about this, I want to get pregnant, I want to regulate my cycle, even if you, don't, if you don't want to get pregnant, you're just like, I need to regulate my cycle because it's super important to ovulate for your overall health, which I'll do a whole other podcast on that. Take out alcohol for at least a month. If you're really trying to dive deep into this, I would say three months, but, and then add it back in. And one of the greatest parts about that, which I can speak from experience, is your tolerance is way lower. So you spend way less money, you feel tipsy a lot sooner, so it's just way better because you're not drinking as much. And it's, of course, then you don't have to drink as much because your tolerance is so low, so you're not getting so many toxins in your body. So try it out and then see how it affects you. But again, I just want you to know all the information so you can make a mindful choice. All right, moving on to the types of alcohol that are the best choices. So in general, dark liquors are harder for our body to process. So in general, you want to steer more towards clearer liquors such as 
vodka, okay? Like Tito's vodka is gluten-free also. And what's really important is that you don't mix it with a really sugary drink because then you're getting inflammation from the sugar and then inflammation from the alcohol. So it's like a double whammy. So doing like a vodka seltzer with some lime or some lemon, that would be a better choice. Um, Of course, or wine, red wine, because it does have some antioxidants, I would say is a better one of a one of the better choices however making sure that it is organic because if you miss this go back and listen to my second episode about pesticides grapes are on the dirty dozen so if you are consuming wine and it's not organic you're not only are you obviously getting the negative effects of the alcohol you're also getting the pesticide residue from the grapes and there have been studies that have shown that one grape has uh, or one conventional grape has had 15 different pesticides in it so when you can if you're buying it of course if you're out some restaurants do have organic wines some many many bars do not but if you are purchasing it i would highly recommend you purchase it organic and there's actually a really good website dry farm wines that is organic it has actually less alcohol it's really an amazing choice if you are a huge wine drinker and you want to make a better choice, I would highly recommend this. I'll put the link for this in the show notes as well. And then my other favorite, which actually is in front of me because I'm in my whole closet, is Crook and Markers. Have you ever heard of this? As if you could answer me. Crook and Markers is my favorite thing ever. It's similar to a white claw, but it's way better. It has zero sugar. It's made with organic alcohol. And it's the organic alcohol is ancient grains and cassava root. It's amazing. If you can find it, Crook and Markers, highly recommend that. So those are the types of alcohol that are the better options. And then here is how you can um, counteract the negative effects of drinking after you do drink. Now, this is more so counteracting like a hangover. It's still going to have an effect on your hormones. Doing these things can help a little bit, but it's more so just to help prevent the um, like feeling like shit the next day more so. Um, and also making sure that you aren't tough you aren't fully depleting your nutrients so we're going to supplement with certain nutrients that alcohol depletes so speaking of alcohol depletes magnesium and b vitamins so if you're drinking of course this is well known drink a glass of water in between each drink that you have and then at the end of the night take a magnesium supplement and a b complex supplement Also, not all supplements are created equal. One of my favorite brands are Pure Encapsulations or Vital Nutrients. If you have questions about supplements, just DM me and I could let you know and I'll help you out with that. Um, DM me on Instagram at Angelica. So that's what you could do at night. Take a B-complex and a magnesium and then drink a ton of water after, you know, one drink of water in between each drink. And then the following day... Drinking in the morning your hot water with lemon because lemon helps detox your liver, so that's super helpful. Drinking room temperature water, you know, when you first wake up, you don't want to drink something cold because that's just going to constrict everything and you want things to get moving. You want your digestion to get moving to help it process and eliminate out of your body. So room temperature water when you wake up, lemon water after that. You could also add some ginger into your lemon water because ginger is really great for your digestion and it's going to help process that out and eliminate it out of your body. So that would be a great thing to have in the morning. And you're probably like, oh, that doesn't sound too appetizing after you drink, but it's what's going to actually help you. So just try it out. You can also drink coconut water because it has a lot of potassium and electrolytes and also B vitamins because you want to replace that and replenish that after drinking. 
and you want to have fiber the next day. So, for example, for breakfast, a really good breakfast you could have would be um, oatmeal with bananas because the carbs are going to help, and not any carbs. You know, we want complex carbs, grains, like oatmeal. It's going to help absorb that alcohol, and then the banana has potassium and B vitamins in it as well, which is going to really help process out that alcohol. You can also do um, uh, avocado toast on gluten-free bread. That's a really good um, breakfast for the following morning to help really absorb the excess alcohol that you have left in your system. And something to avoid in the morning, which is something that most people will lean towards after drinking, is no greasy foods. Do not have greasy foods. It's going to make it a lot worse. Um, and I got that information from the book called Radical Beauty, which is from um, by Kimberly Snyder and Deepak Chopra. Obsessed with this book. I will also put it in the show links. In the show links? Show notes. I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, so I'm going to quickly recap of how alcohol increases your estrogen. So if you have excess estrogen, like irregular heavy periods, water retention, breast swelling, headaches, migraines, you most likely have excess estrogen, especially if you do have PCOS. And drinking will increase that further. It also puts a more of a burden on our liver, and our liver is going to have to process out the um, alcohol instead of processing out the excess hormones, such as the excess estrogen. It increases our PMS symptoms. It messes up our circadian rhythms. And all of this will lead to irregular periods, which can lead to lower fertility and a whole ton of symptoms. And if you're trying to um, map it out, like when are the best times in your cycle to drink, you don't want to drink or you know, you want to avoid drinking just before ovulation and about a week before your period starts. That would be the best times to avoid it. And then if you do have PCOS, remember uh, drinking increases your risk of getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because PCOS livers do not process alcohol the same way that non-PCOS women's livers process alcohol. And then, um, oh, the types of alcohol that are best are either organic wine, a vodka soda with lemon, or crooked markers, my personal favorite. And then for the next morning, or actually, no, sorry, the night before, taking magnesium and B-complex, and then the next morning having lemon water with ginger, coconut water, fiber breakfast with gluten-free toast and avocado or oatmeal and bananas, and no greasy foods. So I hope this was an all-over-the-place and that it makes sense to you and it helps you just make a better choice. Again, if you are someone that's just in the habit of grabbing a glass of wine after work, I totally get it. We all have our vices. But just think about it next time. Be like, okay, maybe I'm going to skip it. I'm just going to, I'm really focusing on my hormones. I really want to get my stuff in check so I actually feel good, so I can keep an ideal weight. I don't have these PMS symptoms. I don't have migraines all the time. I am boosting my fertility. My gut is working better, so my digestion is better. My acne is better. If you're really trying to work on this stuff, I'm urging you to just be mindful about the frequency and the amount that you're drinking because so many times it's just something we don't even think about. We just do it to do it, and that's with anything in life, not even just drinking. So be mindful of it. Again, all this research and stuff will be in the show notes. I hope this was helpful for you. Please let me know what other topics you want me to chat about on here. I love being in conversation with you. Every episode that I've put out so far, I have asked my audience on Instagram at Corinne Angelica what they would want me to talk about, and I give them a little poll, and then I talk about whatever one was voted the highest. So this was what this week was. So I really want this to be a conversation between us. I, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you, and I 
really just hope this is helpful for you because I wish I had somebody telling me this information when I was lost and confused and had no idea what I was doing or where to start. So that's my intention here. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Until next time, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day or night, depending when you're listening to this. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.